All righty, y'all. So uh, continuing on with the Overwatch series today, uh, we're talking about the idea of uh, being firmly established and secure in your position as Overwatch. And again, we've been talking about that Overwatch in your personal life, uh, in your spiritual life, talking about that in your family, uh, with your kids and with your wife. Uh, so today, talking about being firmly established and secure in that position. So we've talked about recognizing it and how uh, we are to be aware of different things that occur, uh, but today, standing secure in that position. So uh, just continuing on from what my dad has already gotten written down here. Uh, so to start, he says, if there is a gap in surveillance, the enemy can gain a foothold and wreak havoc. One of the ways that the enemy seeks to create havoc is through distraction, by pulling our focus or by alluring attention away. And for this reason, the man of faith, those who are Christians, those who are standing in the overwatch position, must remain diligent and vigilant. So we get these verses, um, this first one from 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then this other verse right here uh, from 2 Timothy, it says, you therefore must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So, uh, these verses right here talk about this idea of staying focused, staying focused in our walk uh, and staying secure in our position that we've been placed in. And uh, that also means we're to recognize the distractions that are gonna come about in our life. Uh, so just looking at a couple uh, of the ways the enemy distracts us. Um, first, the enemy of the soul is fixed on trying to pull you from your post. Uh, if he can get you to leave your place of security, stability, and passion in Christ, then your Overwatch post will be exposed. Uh, his most used strategy, so this right here, like underline it or highlight it, um, it says is to use your sin against you and to make you leave your place of high ground in Christ, being seated with Jesus in heavenly places, standing forgiven, being eternally secure in Christ, being declared righteous, freedom from condemnation and security that nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. So those are areas uh, that the enemy wants us, wants to distract us. He wants, he wants us to not be in those positions because those are the positions of overwatch. Those are the positions uh, that have you in the high ground, right? So uh, the enemy will be relentless to distract you and make you think your sins are still against you. Your identity is still that of a sinner uh, your position in Christ is not secure. Your standing with Christ is only based on your last performance. Uh, you are not able to receive the blessings of God, and God is not really accepted, forgiven, or declared you righteous. Those are ways in which the enemy will speak to you in your ear. I mean, I think all of us can say, uh, hey, I know that voice right there, and that one's really prominent in my life. Uh, you know, so... Uh, this verse here from Revelation, it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So that's what the enemy's title is here, is the, uh, the accuser of the brethren. But we see that in the end, 
uh, he is gonna be cast down, right? He does not have the victory in the long run. Uh, but he is that, the accuser of the, bre- of the brethren. So he's relentless in accusing us, pointing out our mistakes, uh, pointing out any insecurity that we have. That's like his goal. So for this reason, scripture calls us to understand the depths and the permanence of what we have received in Jesus. The more you're able to secure your position and to be knowledgeable of what God has given you, the greater your ability to stand as overwatch. And and this verse right here really backs this point up to just the absolute most power. Uh, So this is from 2 Peter. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That's literally everything that's been stated so far uh, in this. And then uh, verse 10 says, Therefore, brethren, because of all those things, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this question here, uh, what are the dangers of being spiritually short-sighted or blind like we saw in the passage? Anybody? Being led astray, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, being led astray, for sure. Anybody else? The dangers of being spiritually short-sighted or blind. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure if dad were here, he'd be saying something like, in the position of Overwatch with the high ground, if you can't see too far, then your position of Overwatch really is kind of no good, you know? You can't even see out past your tower. That just sounds like some sort of analogy he would be saying. But uh, anybody else, what are the dangers of being spiritually short-sighted or blind? I think if you're spiritually short-sighted, you're focused on the, the everyday troubles yeah. in your life Yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. True. Uh huh. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you're totally self-focused. You're putting like, tunnel vision on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. You know, it's just me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, it, if you're just looking at your feet, there's no telling like where you're actually at and where, how else you have to go, what's going on around you, all that stuff. But like you're saying, it's literally just like, well, here I am, stuck in sin, stuck in all this stuff, my past, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. very, very true. Yeah, way easier to be off balance. Yeah. So. Uh, with all of those things on the back, we see uh, this assignment then, this charge, uh, and it's at the top, says establish and secure your position as Overwatch. That is your goal. Like, as we leave here today, if there's any point, that's the point to walk away with. Okay, establish and secure your position as Overwatch. Again, that's in your own spiritual life, that's in your marriage with your kids, all that stuff as Overwatch establish and secure that position. So uh, the insinuations of the enemy in the face of our sin are relentless. So what we believe the moment after we sin will determine how long that sin will last in our life. So this verse from 1 John illustrates this point. It says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So that is the mentality we are to have. Whenever we sin, it's not just to get absolutely buried by everything that we've ever done, but it's to turn our eyes to the advocate and know, hey, this guy right here, Jesus, died for my sins. He's forgiven me, he's washed me, he's cleansed me, and I, I have an advocate with the Father. It's Jesus Christ the righteous. That, that is the mentality that we are to have right after we sin. So the moments after we sin, we must remember that we have been chosen, redeemed, shown grace, and forgiven in Christ. In that moment, the enemy will begin to scream his accusations, failure, loser, sinner at the core, unlovable, incapable of righteousness, destined for hell, undeserving of favor. Again, I'm sure all of y'all, everyone in here, can identify this voice in their head. They've heard it, they've lived it, they've believed the lies, they've walked in that for a long time. Uh, it says, though there, are, though there are who you were before you were in Christ, these strongholds must be pulled down, like we talked about this past week. So you must stand your ground in overwatch and take every thought captive. Uh, all of these thoughts right here, the ones that say, I'm too far gone to have God bless me. I can't help it, it's just the way I am. The fact that my life is messed up is evidence that God is against me. I may be wrong, but it's not entirely my fault. And I'm just a sinner, what do you expect? And also this one, I could never accept the title of righteous or blameless. Those are all super common uh, lies that the enemy will just keep going at you with, especially uh, in the mind of a Christian who is trying to grow. Anytime there's uh, a fire and a passion for growth, those thoughts are gonna come 10 times more. Uh, so then, if we just left it there, we'd say, wow, that's tough. But uh, we, here's a healthy discipline to develop after we sin, all right? So it's these three points right here. The first one, 
we were not shown grace because we were righteous, but because of his mercy. And I know that's such a general point, and like, that's what you come here expecting to hear, but try to read this with fresh eyes. We were not shown grace, we're not shown forgiveness, we're not shown um, all of the, you know, removal of our sins because of what we've done, but because of God's mercy. And we see that here in this passage from Titus. Uh, it says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Again, I think abundantly is a huge word in that because a lot of people are like, well, I've been saved. I'm just barely making it and God just barely chose me, all that stuff. But abundantly, he's not, he's not holding back in, your, uh, in his showing of grace and the Holy Spirit in your life. So that's the first point. The second one, our sin was removed by the death of Jesus. So this verse, uh, these verses in Hebrews says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So it's not that he's showing grace and being like, yeah, but I remember all those things you said and did for all those years. But he's saying, I will remember those, their lawless deeds and their sins no more. So not at all. Their sins are removed by the death of Jesus. And then this third point, your desire to not sin shows you are no longer a sinner at your core and in your innermost person, right? So we kind of talked about that last week. Um, but this passage from Romans 7 really describes this. Uh, verse 15 it says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not, oh, that, well, I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, right? It says, but how to perform what is good I do not find in my flesh. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I know that's very wordy, but that at the end really sums up uh, that that verse, uh, verse 20, really sums up all that that's going to say. Uh, verse 21, it says, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good, uh, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. So that right there, at his core, uh, he delights in the law of God. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then this right here, the verse, everyone likes to quote 24 and say, well, I'm the worst person. But verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. But at his core, he's saying, God has changed me. He's renewed me. The Holy Spirit's within me. 
So that is who I am because that's what God calls me. And so now my desire is to live according to how God wants me to live, right? Not just what my flesh desires. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good way to say it right there. Yeah, that's good. And it's a little easier to read than all the wills and knots and do's and all that. <laughs> like Hunter said last week, it's the ultimate tongue twister, but it is, it's a really, really good point. Um, so that's, I mean, those three disciplines are what we are to, to develop. Anytime we, whenever we do sin, it's not if you sin, but it's when you sin, what is your response? What is gonna be uh, the action you take? Is it gonna be to crumble and to look inward and to dwell on the past and all that stuff? Or is it going to be focusing on who God has called you who he's changed you into, and uh, repenting, right? And truly changing your mind. What's up? Um, I was thinking about uh, this, you know, like in the context of, of Overwatch, um, you know, it's really hard to sometimes apply these truths to ourselves. And I know this is the point. Until we're able to do that, we're not going to be able to do that for others. But yeah. we need to be actively thinking about this. Like, so, I mean, when I think about this, so I have a son um, who often try to think of like a, like a constructive way to say this. Like, yeah, he's, he's really creative and he likes to try new things all the time. And so he often breaks things in, in, in an attempt to like understand how they work. Um, so he's, he's a little engineer, basically. There you go. Um, so, uh, but he doesn't mean to break them. He's just trying to figure out how they work. So I'll, you know, I'll, you know, break something that's not to be broken, and I'll come and I'll ask him why did why did you break this? And he's like, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to break this. Well, sometimes it's hard for me to understand when it's expensive, uh, <laughs> you know, to to like really get a hold of that, you know. He, didn't mean to, he was just trying to to understand this and, and so that's like there's like so many other scenarios especially with this particular son um, that are like this, for me where I am having to learn how to apply this with him because um, that scenario is a little bit different because you know, teach him there are certain things that you don't take apart but, but the reality is that there's so many other areas of his life where he does things that he doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. That's really hard for me to take when my emotions are high or because of whatever has happened, whatever um, incident has, has come. But like that's the point of this overwatch is is learning not only to apply this to myself, which has to be done first. Yeah. I have to understand that his mercy is for me that these, these things are true about me, that it's no longer me that does this, but sin, living in my flesh, but starting to apply that to my wife, my children, 
and the other believers are around me mm-hmm. so that I can be compassionate towards yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Anybody else, any thoughts about uh, these disciplines here? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that goes in with the whole renewing your mind idea. Uh, it's not that we can just be like, okay, well, I'm not a sinner at my core, so therefore anything I do, I can just do it and I won't be a sinning, you know, because that's not what this verse is saying, but it's our flesh still battles. It says it's warring against the inner man, the saved, uh, the Holy Spirit inside of you, right? Uh, so all the more we need to be in our Bibles and understanding what God does call us towards, right? Not just that we aren't a certain way, but that he's calling us to a certain direction, right? Exactly. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Anybody else? Any thoughts about these disciplines or just all of this stuff? Establishing and securing your position as Overwatch. Mm-hmm. 
informed about that, nor do I really care at the end of the day, because for me the question isn't whether someone made a mistake, the question is whether someone is a mistake. And at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. I guess if Jesus Christ wants to come and work with me on yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Anybody, any other thoughts about all this stuff? Then we'll get into the table discussion. All right, well, I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then uh, we'll have the table discussion. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for uh, this morning and for putting us men in positions of overwatch. Uh, I pray that we would all be encouraged by your word today and that we would stand established, secure, sure, and uh, confident and the gift that you've given us with the Holy Spirit and uh, that we would truly stand firm in our salvation that you've given us uh, and that that would impact us first and then we would live that out into the other areas of our life. Uh, God, we just pray all these things in your name. Amen.